Welcome to Guys Without Helmets, a podcast all about pro and fantasy football. My name is Dave. I'm joined, as always, by my guys Josh and Caleb. We have a special guest this week, one of our dear friends, Tim Schneider, is in the house. Tim, how are we doing? I'm great, man. I'm excited to talk football with you guys. Guys, this has been, sadly, moment of silence here, guys. We finished our NFL regular season. I don't know what to say about that. But the great news, we had a great Week 18, and we have an even better round of playoff games to look forward to. So let's jump right in. Without further ado, this was a doozy. There was a lot of games. We talked last week. Almost every game, other than Green Bay and what was the other one, was significant into this Cowboys thing. game. Cowboys game. Didn't really have much. Well, that had placement value. So that, that's, that's a pretty good one. But... What a week. I mean, we had overtime. We had teams afraid of overtime. We had a potential for overtime on the very last game. So uh, let's jump in. The Saints needed a win. Uh, they were able to beat the uh, Atlanta Falcons 30-20. to That was helpful. Unfortunately, did not make the playoffs because the 49ers also needed a win and were able to pull out that win against L.A. 27-24. Some of the games less significant, uh, the Bills obviously were able to handle the Jets. Insignificant, I think. They did have the division at stake still, like we said last week. Uh, and Burroughs, of course, did not start. So Cleveland and Case Keenum and his Victory Waffles were able to win 21-16. Josh, I know you hate me talking about Victory. Do you, do you remember Victory Waffles? You know what this I do, is about? I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Josh, was, he literally said, he looked at me and said, I don't care if the guy eats waffles or not, Dad. So I think it's cute. I think it's cute. The Lowly Lions, Tim. You think yeah. he's cute? That's a trash game. Well, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not worried about that one at all for the no. Packers. We, we got to see a little Jordan Love there. Yeah. And Aaron got – why did he play? I, I was okay with it, actually, because three weeks is a long time to not play. Yeah. Well, Momentum. Yeah, Bakhtiari's first game back as well. You got to get that chemistry going with your starters. Yeah. So that's another thing. With Like Tim said, having time off before the playoffs, it's not – yeah, full you want to get, right? get him into yeah. the game a little bit because he's played. They handled it well. I thought. I thought giving him the first half was fine, and then just get get him out of there. Yeah, yeah. I did not expect. Um, obviously, the Lions are what they are. I'm not going to paint them. They're the lowly Lions. We know that they're not quite the dumpster fire we predicted them to be. But they've been in almost every game, and I know this is no consolation because the Packers at some point realized they were going to rest a little bit and all that. But I don't know. I, I see some upside. What do you think? Yeah, Monroe St. Brown has been a, a light on that team yes. for the second half of the year, especially the last four or five games. True. He's been having over 100 yards almost every game. Very consistent, even with Tim Boyle playing, which is surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something to look forward to next year for the Lions if they can get another quarterback in there. Even he's performing without it, so he's, he looks like I mean, I a think, legit I think receiver. Golf has got it done for him this year. I mean, yeah. he hasn't been the problem. I don't I'll, remember many games. He hasn't been the yeah. solution. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I like Dan Campbell, though. I think he's changed yeah. the culture there. And they're they're a, a dirty team, a, a hard-fighting team. And I, I like it. <laughs> Even as a Packers fan, I, I, I like seeing what they're doing there. Yeah, I, I just hate hating on them for so long. I don't right. hate them. They're like the th- yeah. team that you feel sorry for yeah. every year. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, I was a little surprised that Miami was able to beat uh, New England. I thought for sure New England would make chase. Now, the, tell me if I'm wrong. Buffalo and New England both had to win to win the division, but... If Buffalo won, they would have won it outright, even if they yeah. both won. Didn't Miami beat them twice this year? Yes. Week one First time, week 18. First time, Stan Marino. Yeah, but hey, nice. That's a great little fact. And then they fired their coach after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk Here's away. your prize. <laughs> yeah, here's your prize. Go. Well done. Um, more divisional games. The Vikings didn't really matter. 31-17. I wasn't surprised. seemed like the, the Bears are a little banged up. And they were not going to play for their coach, obviously. It's not like they're spirited to win one for Nagy. Washington football team beat the actual dumpster fire of the year, New York Giants. Absolute dumpster fire, this team. We're going to talk more about that. Um, 
Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, they move these games around, so we're a little bit out of order because they moved the Dallas Eagles game and they moved the KC-Denver game to Saturday night. But originally it was a 1 o'clock game. It looks like Dallas played backups. The score reflects a starting team playing a backup team. Tim, as you said, I mean, they did. They Dallas did. wanted momentum from their offense right. because it's important at this stage, I think, to have it. You agree? Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's important to say that the Eagles are very injured right now, and that's why they did bench their starters Absolutely. versus the Cowboys. Cowboys, you're saying, needed momentum, but the Eagles need health to get them back into their playoff game, which yeah. they already secured. So, obviously, they did play against backup, so that does result in yeah. a 51-point score. Sure. And that's what the score should look like when you keep your foot on the gas yes. and you're playing backups. Yeah. And I, I think both teams got what they wanted out of yes. that game. It sounds weird to say that when you lose 51-26, but yeah. I think they, the Eagles came out resting their, their players with a playoff spot, and the Cowboys got the momentum. So, in, a week, in yep. a, one of those rare win-wins. Yeah. Win-win and a loss for the Eagles. Uh-huh. I love that. <laughs> oh, first time, I don't know how long, so don't gouge me out here, uh, uh, listeners, but Dallas swept their division. That's hard to do, even in the NFC East. It's not traditionally... The first time since 1998. Yeah, it, it's been a while, and it's not easy to do. Traditionally, our teams are way better. Right now, we're going through a terrible period, obviously, with our division. I was surprised that Carolina came out of the gate, putting it on Tampa Bay for a minute, and then Brady realized who he was and put a stop to all that <laughs> Yeah, nonsense. Matt Rule couldn't figure out what was happening after the game with that press conference. He, he really looked confused, like... Uh, uh... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think the biggest shot was two shockers back to back for me. I cannot believe the Colts, which we all had penned as a playoff team. I think. I think um, people slept on Trevor Lawrence too much. He yeah, picked a heck of a day. The Colts had their largest uh, in terms of betting odds. They had the largest advantage of they've ever had in like twenty something years against yeah. the Jaguars this year, this game, and they had three points for three quarters. So they did not play well at all, and they obviously just fell apart in their last game. And in the last few games, they've not looked like the Colts recently, other than the defense. And the defense didn't play it and show up at all during this game. So they weren't able to do anything this game. Yeah, it's just surprising to see. Like, they, they literally hit them and never stopped punching them. Like, they never, never. And that brings up another question. Let's pause here for a second. A lot of speculation I've been listening to this weekend, sports talk and media. Did they make the wrong decision bringing in Carson Wentz? Was he really an upgrade? To, to Jacob Eason? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, he's the best available. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is the best available, but I also don't think he had the worst season. Like, people are putting a lot on him, and it's not all on him. I can't remember many games that he left it out there and let him down. I think it's a lot of it is Frank Reich's decision making. Because when they're up, they're throwing, and when they're down, they're throwing, and they're not really running Jonathan Taylor as much as they should. And Wentz, he doesn't really have outside of Pittman receivers. Everyone's kind of a walk-on, late-round pick, and a aging T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. They, they don't really have any talent around him other than the running back, and they don't even use him as much as they yeah, should. And the problem was that Michael Pittman really had a hot start of the year, and for the second half of the year, he really didn't did really did not do much because he just hit a thousand yards in the last week of the year while being well beyond that pace for the first half. I think you have to look at. I know Colts fans don't want to hear this, but what is this? What is any team's ceiling? And, and I think this kind of is right around where their ceiling is. I don't see them being, even if they, you know, they had it right in front of them. They just had to win one of their last two games. They lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Jags. Even if they had won one of those two and made it in, I, I they're not up there with the big boys yet. And I, I don't know, you know, going back to your question, Dave, if. Carson Wentz is the answer. I, I don't know a Carson Wentz team that is up there with the big boys, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm really laboring through this because I think – I feel – Carson was – we talked about this here locally. He overcame uh, a lot and had some really good 
productivity there in Philly, but not enough. He was overhyped, then then he was fine, then he got hurt, and then before you knew it, the rug was pulled out. So I, I do think he needed a chance on a good team, and Frank Reich was the one who brought him in the NFL anyway. So I, I like that they brought him in. And then coming off of Rivers, I figured, okay, here's a, now a veteran, young Carson Wentz, who has a chance to fix his career. Did he fix it in the first year? No, he didn't. I don't I don't see the amazing Carson Wentz that we thought or hoped we would see going there. But, again, how many first-year quarterbacks in a system – I know he knows the system. It's a modified system. How many show up and, and play gangbusters in their first year? Yeah, and to that matter, they didn't really have a chance to get a number one quarterback from the draft with their draft position, and that's their whole – mindset is we're not going to spend a first rounder on a guy that we don't exactly like that's why they've been getting late round quarterbacks kind of mm-hmm. test them out with Ellinger and Eason so they got basically a first or second with the the conditional pick for Carson Wentz for this year and potentially for the future so it was it was a better pick in their mind than spending a first round pick on a guy they right. did not want sure. over the next few years because they've been looking for that guy obviously they got old Philip Rivers in here last sure. year who I think honestly played very well for what people were saying towards the end of his career oh, yeah. for the Chargers. Yep. So they've been piecing it together, I think, pretty well with Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers. Even if he isn't the long-term option, I think it's better than what they've... They, they got what they paid for, I think. So let's put everybody on the spot. Is Carson Wentz what they need? Um, I'll, I'm going to say no. Okay. Kale? Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. Wow. Tim? I'll also say no. <laughs> to, to take that next step, I don't think he has what, what it takes. Do you think that it's the time to get this right? Like, how much time do they have to play with Carson Wentz? Well, I think if you're if you're going to stick with Carson Wentz, you also need to get him more than just a running back. He, because he didn't have a running back on Philly. Now he only has a running back on the Colts. He doesn't really have other options. Even Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle, who are really good when they play as receivers, they are mostly uses blockers because that's what they're good at. Yeah. So they're not going to be getting a lot of work in the receiving game. And the receivers are very inconsistent, as Cale was saying. Michael Pittman, who they spent a high draft, pack in, draft, draft pick on, mm-hmm. they, he's been inconsistent. And then the late-round receivers have been piecing together, as well as T.Y. Hilton. He's getting a lot done. of playing time. He's not who he used to be as of now. So they need to get more weapons for him if they're going to try to keep him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, moving down the list, uh, Pittsburgh, what a surprise. The Ravens, a few, a few weeks ago, they were leading the division. And, um, wow. What, what what do we even say? Pittsburgh snuck in. Ben was over there praying half the game that he'd get another shot, uh, and he did. What was y'all's takeaway from this one? A lot of kicking in this game. It's mm. <laughs> a lot of kicking. Not very exciting? No? Yeah. No. I mean, Baltimore, once again, you look at their last five weeks, I think most of their games were determined by two or two points or less. I mean, Harbaugh went for two, I think, in two of the games. I know against Green Bay, and can't remember the other team, but I mean – they had it once again right there in front of them. It's it's hard to imagine a team with that much talent not making it. Yeah, but. is it yeah. because of the quarterback situation solely, well, or I mean, running back? I wouldn't. They say, have no defense. I wouldn't say so. They've had six corner injuries this year. Yeah. Well, they started off the year without their starting cornerbacks, other than Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey got injured a couple weeks ago, but we also saw with Lamar Jackson for the first half of the year. We didn't know he's going to miss these last six games, basically. But the first half of the year, they were piecing together wins on the last drive to beat any team. It didn't matter. The Lions, longest field goal in NFL history. The Colts, they pieced together a win where Lamar had to play perfect, one of the best games of his career that game. So they really were piecing together wins even when Lamar was playing. And when he wasn't playing, they are they obviously lost those as well. So the team's very injured. I'm surprised they won so many games early on and did leave the AFC or lead the AFC at some point during the year. But it's it's definitely a year they're going to be able to take off and get all the injured players back. It's going to be a great season for them next year. But this was 
I'm surprised they pieced it together for this long. We've said it from the beginning. This was the one division that was bunched the closest together, that literally week to week had the mm-hmm. chance to flip-flop. And it's so weird looking at a list of the AFC North and seeing the, the Bengals <laughs> on top. Not not weird seeing Pittsburgh there at number two and Cleveland where they belong at three or four, but just a weird kind of outcome for these teams, I'm afraid. But that's what, that's what it was. Pittsburgh was able to pull it off, give themselves life because Jacksonville took care of the Colts, which means – we have the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs this year. And kudos to Mike Tomlin. Uh, what's his streak now? He's not had a losing season as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers ever, including this nearly tied season where they went 9-7-1 and one, yeah. and almost tied again recently. So anyway, moving on. Um, Tennessee, of course, beat the Texans 28-25, uh, a game that was much closer than I thought it was going to be, KC 28-24, with the Broncos, of course, they moved that to Saturday, but that one kind of went down to it. It was a little more exciting than I thought. Yeah, talking about the Texans, Davis Mills looks very good. He does. Very, very good. For, we, especially on that team with essentially nothing around him other than young players and free agents that they pieced together. Brandon Cooks has been playing well, but he's been playing very, very impressive. It's it's surprising. Tim, let's ask you, because we, we, I think, are unified that if we're Texans owners, GMs, coaches, whoever makes the call there, who knows these days, because they've come off of a dumpster fire of a situation in the past, we go with them. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100% with that. You know, you need a solid quarterback, one that can protect the ball in this league and not turn it over, and Davis Mills has shown he can do just that, and is he going to be Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes? No, he's not. But you know what? I think it's worth – we were talking before about seeing the ceiling of of teams and players. I, I think it's worth seeing what his ceiling is and putting some talent around him. Yeah, and I don't think it should be a conversation for them, seeing what he's done, especially against good teams, playoff teams. Bill Belichick, we just saw against the Titans. He's been, he's been really good for a rookie. As Tim was saying, he kept the ball. He did not turn over a lot, and he's been playing very well. And uh, I think if I'm, – I'm, I'd be mad if they accidentally – drafted him if they drafted him it would be like a backup or something and he just showed up but it shouldn't be a conversation i think for them and i think david cully's kind of been pointing to he's our quarterback we're not having a conversation Is about david cully coming back Probably. maybe but for one more year in 10 starts he's had four 300 yard games as a rookie in 10 starts 2600 yards 16 touchdowns so he's pretty decent as a rookie and he had yeah. three three touchdown games as well do that average while we're talking if you don't mind if if he played all how many games now? 17 games at that game average. What would his total have been for the whole year? Yeah, I don't know if this is inspiring or not, but he had more yards in his first year than David Carr, who we well, know went first overall. Take it for what you want. He was a bust. but Outside of David Carr's hairline, there's not a lot to write home about. <laughs> and again, this is with a team that really did not have a ton of talent. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's what's impressive. It was a team that was absolutely thrown together. He was not planned on as being the starting quarterback, nope. and I, that's what makes it so impressive to me. Yeah, we're we're pretty excited. I mean, especially looking at the prospects or lack thereof next year, uh, mm-hmm. we think that that's a pretty good one. Before I go into the game that was pushed to last, that the that AFC playoff deciding game, uh, the 49ers showed up against the Rams, 27-24, went to overtime. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams thought it was going to be a little easier. Caleb, you've been singing the, the, the praises of the 49ers all year. And sure enough, they were able, despite the Saints win, to snatch that playoff spot that they need to get in the wild card. So I know you're happy, Caleb. Good yeah, job. The 49ers, they've been playing very good this past month, really. And I'm kind of nervous on Dallas playing them because they're, they're really hot right now, mm-hmm. and they're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, Dallas currently a three-point favorite, but we'll get them at home next week. And I, week. I got that Davis Mill number. If he played all 18 games, yep. 
he would have had 4,044 yards and 24.8 touchdowns. As a rookie. As a rookie. That's, I mean. That's rookie of the year. Yeah. If he starts next year, does this mean Tyrod made another starter? Yeah. Yeah. Because all he does is make starting quarterbacks. He didn't have to puncture along this time. It's inevitable. He didn't have to puncture along. Yeah. And and, uh, you guys, we know this. We knew this, too. Uh, We're not tooting our horn. It's just, come on, guys. If you watch football, you knew Russell Wilson wasn't going to lay down. He was hot. Um, He's been getting momentum these last few weeks. It was fun to watch him just go at it against the what looked like sometimes, even though they dropped 30 points, the very confused Arizona Cardinals. He had an answer for everything. They win 38-30. The game of the week. And, guys, I have to make a confession. I have a great job. And I went to bed early on this game thinking the Raiders had momentum. I got to get up and go to work. And whoa. You know, the Steelers, especially poor Big Ben, was watching it when it was tied at overtime thinking, no. <laughs> but uh, Raiders pulled off. And I'm, should I start believing in this team or what? I mean, if you want to. I, <laughs> they got a great matchup against the Bengals in round one. So we'll yeah. see. If they can consistently beat great teams, obviously going to the playoffs, they're all great teams, but we'll see what they can do against the Bengals next week. Yeah, they pulled off the win in overtime. So basically how this shaped up very much like it had we thought it was. In other words, the Bengals seemed to come to the the top of this very, very sketchy division in the north, and they went out. Pittsburgh's in the playoffs. The Titans went out. In fact, they get the bye with their win. 12-5 and was the record. But no other team from that division. We thought the Colts perhaps would be in. Mm -hmm. Now, the Bills and Patriots, again, no surprise, they fought out for the division. And the Dolphins gave chase, in fairness. You know, not a bad bad year for them. The Jets, you know, we're not going to get Caleb excited by talking about the Jets. In the West, again, another one we thought would be tight. Although I have to admit, I thought that the Raiders could fall to the bottom and the Chargers should be the second seed. But Chargers just have not played up to potential. And let me also say, I'm not a fan of Coach's call. Like, I, I just I think he's doing too much in the wrong direction, and sometimes you, you don't you don't go for it in your own, you know, deep in your own side. Yeah, of the field. It feels like he's always trying to force momentum. Yeah. Like if yeah. the momentum's not there, it's not going to be no. created. Like going for it on eight, your 18th yard line on the opposite side of the field. You could argue they lost by three, and he literally gave them those three points. You know, and I just don't like that as a head coach. Moving over to the other side, the NFC, the Packers. No surprise, they've had their foot on the gas all year. The only question was. Were the Vikings going to be able to try and make the playoffs? The answer, no, <laughs> they were not. Again, no surprise in the South. The Bucks win the division with the Saints making chase. Atlanta and Carolina has rotated all year long as the bottom of that division. Who knows where that's gone? That's another episode. Dallas, again, foot on the gas. With 12-5, and five, they win the division. Eagles in the playoffs. Not a surprise. We, we called it again. We just didn't know the pecking order. Rams win the division. Cardinals, 49ers, all a company. And honestly, guys, if Russ was healthy – this division would have been absolutely tight. All double-digit wins 100%. if Russ didn't get hurt. So that's our breakdown, which leads us to something that's a little – we're familiar with this in the NFL, but this one, this happened quick. I mean, And the ironic thing, the coaching carousel – and now we always see, like I said, it's not new to the NFL. There's always a coaching carousel. A few of them happened early. We knew in no particular order, but we knew that Gruden stepped down. That's one. And we knew that, that Jacksonville needed a coach. That's two. Um, but what we did not – maybe expect was all the GMs that are going to go with these other teams, Denver, Chicago, uh, Miami, Minnesota, New York. So we've decided to do this. We've decided to give you listeners an opportunity to hear our take with those right currently as the time of the recording. There are seven coaching and general manager vacancies. Not, I should say, the, the general manager in Vegas is still there. And Miami. And Miami. So, but that said, let's give a coaching carousel update. We're going to give you what, what we think is the worst of first opportunities for coaches. In other words, if you're going to look at one of these seven jobs, 
which is the worst and we'll break it down from seven to one with the best possible scenario. So worst scenario, Josh, what is the worst job if you're looking to be a head coach in the NFL next season? Yep, for me, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the New York Giants. Uh, they just haven't had a winning record for I believe since 2016, and even before that, mm-hmm. they haven't won the division since 2011. Since we know when Eli went to the Super Bowl, that is more than a decade away. So the team has been struggling since then, and we know that they're one of the two quarterbacks on this li- or one of the two teams without a quarterback. We'll say that Daniel Jones is not there. It's one of the two teams without a quarterback going forward. So they're going to need a new quarterback. But we do know that they have the fifth and seventh pick in this draft mm-hmm. because of the pick that they got from the Justin Fields pick. They also need a quarterback, so they could have just drafted Justin Fields. But we're not going to talk about that. They could just get Tyrod and make whoever's on their bench really That's good. That's right. That's right. The next that guy. Is true. Mike Glennon? So, so we agree that they Daniel Jones is not the answer. Yeah, He's absolutely not. But going forward, they do know that they are 28th in a salary cap. They have no room. They they overpaid for quite literally everyone. If I'm being honest, Kenny Galladay seventy two million dollars, zero touchdowns last year. Leonard Williams sixty three million dollars, underperformed from the year before. James Bradbury injured. Sterling Shepard forty one million dollar contract. We call that an overpay. Yeah, they, <laughs> slightly. Their roster. They're paying a lot of money for the roster that they have. I think coaches obviously are attracted to great rosters. If they can see that you have a great roster, they're gonna be more influenced to go there. I just don't think that the the Giants have a super talented roster, especially with what the quarterback position has been giving them. So it would be a totally new reset here going to the New York Giants. And not to mention, players like Saquon Barkley don't want any part of a rebuild. Yep, he's, that's he's, another factor. Yeah, he's no longer – I mean, he's not old, but he's not young. And for a running back, he's right. in his prime. And he needs to run somewhere he's in his prime, right? What other what other factors do you guys see making this team number seven? Yeah, I, I mean, I just – if I'm the Mares and I'm the ownership there with the Giants, I, I think – it's been a long time since they've had an adult in the room running the show. You know, I mean, they've, <laughs> well they've, they've brought in all these people with potential and looking for the next Sean McVay. And, and sometimes teams don't need the next Sean McVay. They need someone who's been there and done it. I'd love to see them go out and get, and I don't even know that they're available, but a, a Tony Dungy, a Bill Cower, a Mike Tomlin. Again, I don't know that any of those are available, but grown men who have won and know how to run an organization very well. A Tom Coughlin. The, the, the prob- a Tom Coughlin. <laughs> the problem is, back to what Josh said, it's really, I'm not sure it's a desirable enough situation for any of those men who are already um, very successful in their what they're doing right now to to get up and and work for the Giants. Yeah, and there's you've seen all the coaches come in and out of there recently. There are good OCs coming in and then leaving out as even worse coaches. And they hear Joe Judge even on his last press conference talking about how the locker room was before, and the locker room seems pretty bad right now, from my understanding. But it was even worse before. So the team has progressively just not been super good, and I think yeah. that. This is one of the reasons why, or all the reasons why they're number seven. Yeah, and I think what you saw, folks, with the G, with the GM retiring from football, it's a nice way of saying you're fired. Yeah. And, you know, you get to go out on top by saying, I'm retiring after. Uh, and then we kind of knew the coach was going to be right behind him. Because when this situation, you have the opportunity to keep the coach right. if it's going to line up with the new GM. So, all right, number six. Yep, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we know that this team has consistently not been – a fantastic team for the entirety of their existence for the most part, the last two and a half since decades. Out, since Tom Coughlin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've had two great years in their existence of being a franchise. I know it's smaller than all the other franchises, but their fran- or their their team is just, they have, they have a quarterback. That's what you're going there for. Urban Meyer went there because of Trevor Lawrence, and Urban Meyer wasn't good there, so he left. So it's, it's just quite literally Trevor Lawrence. 
you're looking at the wide receiver position, you got older players like Laquan Treadwell, Jamal Agnew, guys that haven't been efficient in this league are being put on this roster and force the ball because they are what they have. They're not a very talented roster at all. As I was saying with the Giants, this is an even worse roster in my opinion. They have a few people. They have Josh Mm -hmm. Allen, Trevor Lawrence, a couple pieces. But you have older wide receivers, Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell, Jamal Agnew. The offensive line still down. The defense are all veterans for the most part other than Josh Allen. They just traded away a first-round corner they drafted two years ago. They're not making great moves, and I think it's just been a poor franchise for the most part. The last two decades. I don't think it's attractive, is what I'm saying, for yeah, and, anybody. And unlike unlike the Giants, they at least have a cornerstone, meaning they have a franchise And that, that that's what gives them the, the edge over the Giants. Yeah, I think they're going to have to try. I don't know if there's any available. Try and get a veteran coach, like Tim was saying, with the Giants. I mean, they're not going to give a new coach three years to rebuild this team because they're going to – the last two times that's happened. Yeah. They go to bars or they're just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> yeah. Well, another attractive thing about this team, aside from, I think, just Trevor Lawrence and some of the pieces of saying Josh Allen, the other important thing is they do have the first overall pick once again, and they are third in cap space available. So they do have a lot of room to make a lot of room for veterans, just like what the Texans did. Texans also aren't a very good team, but they did get a lot of players last year, which opened up and made their roster better, obviously. So I think they have first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, and a lot of cap room. So pros and cons for you, Tim, about being the Jacksonville coach? Yeah, I mean, in comparison to, to the Giants, big city has won. Jacksonville, just it's not a great football city, not a great fan small base, market. not a lot of history, small market, but they've got Trevor Lawrence. So I, I think Josh summed it up really well, and neither of those are great situations. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. All right, number five. Yep, we're going to go with the Miami Dolphins. I think they're lower on this list because they just lost a pretty good head coach in Brian Flores. And uh, for the most part, they, 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 he left the team because of a disagreement. We don't know. We're not going to speculate on what that is, but disagreement. So their team, we know that the, with a new GM in there, they made a couple of good moves and they made a couple of bad moves. We don't know who the quarterback is right now. We know it's Tua, but they really want Deshaun Watson. So that's going to be confusing for a new head coach looking outside in. And if he interviews, he'll obviously figure that out. But... It's just very confusing from what I understand. Their offensive line, they drafted them young, and they haven't improved at all is the biggest problem here. So you have a lot of pieces on offense that are A, young or leaving the team on short contracts, and they have a confusing quarterback situation. The defense is kind of strung together. They've been good, but you obviously are losing a great defensive coach in Brian Flores, so you're not exactly sure what's happening. You have players leaving, and the contracts are also expiring on defense as well. So this team needs a lot of holes to fill, and I think – with the quarterback situation, it, just, it pushes them more down the list than up because I know they did win nine games, but because of that, I think Brian Flores is one of the main reasons why it was like that, and I'm just I'm not sure what this team looks like in the future. Yeah, like Josh was saying, they have a couple holes, a lot of holes in their team. They don't have a running back. They don't have a good receiver outside of Waddle, who was a rookie this year. They might be getting Watson, but that's a sticky situation for a new coach because you have Tua. That's a problem. You have to dump Tua and get Watson, trade a lot for Watson, there's a lot going on in the offense. The defense has Xavier Howard, Jalen Phillips, a couple other guys. No real big names outside Xavier Howard right this minute. Jalen Phillips is looking like a, a legit pass rusher. But there's a lot of question marks for this team. It makes it difficult for a coach to want to go there. Yeah, I just don't know what this team is. They had the yeah. 31st, I think it was the 31st ranked um, schedule, meaning the second easiest yeah. schedule in all football. It, that that's that's a hard thing, you know. So they finished right around 500 with the second easiest schedule. What are they? I yeah. guess that's my question. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Is they beat 
the Houston Texans. They beat the Ravens, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets. Right. They did not play many people on their win streak. Well, it was impressive. Mm-hmm. They did not meet, beat many people. And as we were saying before, if you're getting Deshaun Watson, it's not going to cost nothing. And they already traded two picks, essentially, to get Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. one wide receiver. They're going to trade another few picks to get Deshaun Watson. So it, lo- it looks like a very similar situation to what he's leaving if he does end up there. There's a lot of picks leaving. And uh, obviously, if you're a brand-new head coach, you're going to want to know what is happening immediately if you're going to take yeah. this job. Let me, let me make some people mad. Ownership is always the, the core, you know, and I know everyone likes to scrutinize Jerry for having his hands in too much. But the truth is, Jerry's a Hall of Fame GM, Hall of Fame owner. Explain the Packers. And well, yeah, but let me, <laughs> let me get to my point here. The New York Giants can't keep running the team the way they've always run the team. Yeah. Now, the Steelers run the team similarly, similar styles, but they they take better chances. They do better things. They bring in, they have a better culture. They understand who they are. They have an identity. To be fair, Giants fans are going to call and hate me. I don't care. This team's never been good. Parcells had Belichick and Lawrence Taylor and the stars aligned, and they almost had a quarterback controversy there that stopped or could have stopped their two Super Bowls with Parcells. And then you fast forward to the Eli Manning era, and he wasn't probably a top 10 quarterback in his era maybe maybe right there at the threshold but yet he was winning games against tom brady the stars align these are not legendary amazing teams these are wins that they get i hate to take and i'm not trying to take wins away from but the franchise has run the same way from the beginning and they've they've just gotten lucky you know they've gotten lucky a lot and you can't keep doing that and they don't seem to want to pay attention to personnel have the right GM to take the right chances. They're just always even drafting Eli was a debacle. You know, I mean, that whole thing. It, it's um, I'm I'm stuck on the Giants here for for a reason. Now you move forward, okay, and you see that the Miami Dolphins. They've gone through owners, you know, the Heisingas and different ones, and we're losing the connection of who they are again. You know, and I keep referencing the Steelers and Giants because the Steelers have always been the same team. The ownership has been rock solid. The Giants, eh, they keep doing things. Same that owners, doing. but they're not consistent. Right. And well, they're not willing well, to adapt. Yeah, they're right. not willing to change. Miami, There's a reason why Miami hasn't been relevant in 20 years. Right. And that's the revolving door at owners. Now, we talked about Jacksonville. I want to say he's still trying to figure it out. I think he's a fun guy. He's a he, soccer right. yeah, owner. Right. He's a businessman. Businessmen don't always make the best. Look at Dan Schneider. They mm-hmm. don't always make the best you know, um, owners. And this is what I'm trying to lay out for you guys. It just frustrates me that we're seeing a potentially really good coach walk because of a disagreement with the GM, where I would argue that this GM has made more sketchy calls than the coach has. So why are we having this conversation instead of looking for a new GM? Yeah, from my understanding, it's it's GM and owner. And my problem with the owner is, from my understanding, it, when you're that rich, you have several homes. But from my understanding, he doesn't even live in Miami mm-hmm. as his main household he doesn't he's not close to the franchise's other owners obviously with right as you're talking about dallas cowboys giants even everyone's always there he's not always there ross is not always mm-hmm. there for the dolphins and as an owner i think you should always be there and I, that's a big problem for me if you're making a quarterback decision yes. from afar and th- i think that's why the disagreement happened i think that's why brian flores is out mm-hmm. he wants to go to a franchise that doesn't have this disconnection where we drafted this first round quarterback we all agreed we're going to draft this guy. He's our franchise. Sure. And then they flip-flop a year later. So I yeah. think that's that's the big reason for why. It's it's all confusing now no, because of is. that and because of the owner. And I think that's why you saw Brian Flores leave. But you hear what I'm saying about, about the Giants franchise. And I'm, listen, they won four Super Bowls. I'm not – that's a, that's an accomplishment. Don't get me wrong. But that's in spite. 
You know, whereas you see a team like the Steelers build a dynasty, and then you see two other coaches come in and carry on the legacy, and you see Walsh hand it off to Seaford, and the 49ers had a dynasty. And you see Belichick, who for the record has won, right? Mm -hmm. He's won. A couple times. As an assistant coach. (laughs) But his mentor hasn't won without him, Parcells. So I'm just saying, like, ownership and leadership and GMs have to to, and I'm I'm really kind of fired up about Miami because I really like the coach way more than I thought I did and I took the news like get rid of the GM he's the guy stabbing you not your coach and that I mean that's the reason why they're over the the other two teams the Jaguars and the Giants their team is a lot better yeah but everything is just way too confusing for me and especially for someone that's going to be taking a job doesn't know what's happening and that's I think that's the reason why they're number or bottom three for me the other thing is at work we have a sign on the door that every time we walk on one of our stages, it says it's a, you know, basically it's an honor to get to walk through this door. You know, and I think about all the college teams that are proud and hit Notre Dame, they slap on the way in. It's an honor to own the New York football giants, you know? What are you doing? Like, let's start taking this a little more serious, you know? It really is. It's, it's just getting laughable that these teams keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, the GM for the Dolphins, Christopher Greer, his dad was actually the director of pro personnel at the Houston Texans. What a resume. So, no, I'm saying that's probably why he wants yeah. uh, your boy so much, Watson. Yeah. I mean, he's a Texan. that's still he's speculation. Probably a Texans fan. Yeah, that's, that's well, true. At least the positives for the uh, for the Dolphins are that they do have, uh, still they still have a first round pick despite trading up. It is the 22nd, however. Mm-hmm. They did not play, or it's close to what they would have had, but they got the 22nd now. They could have had a lot higher. And uh, they are first in cap space. So they do have a ton of room still. Despite that, they can get veteran linemen. They can get whatever upside. they want. Yeah. All right, your number four team. I'm sorry, I digress. Yep. I'm going to say the Chicago Bears. They Similar situation to the Jaguars. While they do have a lot of veterans, they do also have the 12th highest cap space. They have they still have Khalil Mack signed, Robert Quinn, who I think was a top three edge rusher this year, Akeem Hicks still signed, Roquan Smith still signed, Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. They still have a lot of players on defense. Darnell Mooney finally hit 1,000 yards in his second season. While we might see Allen Robinson leave, he did not play a lot with Justin Fields, so I didn't really have he didn't have that rapport with Justin Fields at all. And we also saw Justin Fields get injured a lot last year. He got hit a lot because of the offensive line. So there are holes on this team. There is the offensive line. There they need more weapons. But I think despite that, they they're a very good franchise. All they need is the head coach, I think, and I think Matt Nagy's play calling, his inconsistency, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's very bad. I think the head coach will more than likely resolve this, and I think it's still an attractive job for someone unlike the Miami Dolphins where there's so much confusion. Mm-hmm. They did draft their first-round pick with Justin Fields. You know what this team's planning on doing. All the pieces are there. Get some weapons. Fill the holes. I think they're a good coach. franchise. I think yep. this is a good spot. Yeah, Chicago, in my opinion, is way more appealing than – They'd probably be number two on my list, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Um, they have their quarterback locked up, a decent O-line. They have weapons of Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, David Montgomery. Fan base, owners. They have, yeah, yeah. yeah history, culture, a top five defense, in my opinion. Kickers lined up. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I think they're <laughs> a good situation. You just need to go in there and make the right plays. And I think we can talk about it later, but I think Brian Flores will be perfect here. But yeah. We can talk about that later, but... I, I think yeah, Chicago is appealing from the stamp from from one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is for almost thirty years now the, the Packers have owned the North or whatever that division was called <laughs> yeah, prior as to Aaron the Rodgers reminded them. right right yes <laughs> and, and I, I think you know whether it's next year or, or in two years that there's going to be a change in Green Bay coming up soon and I think Chicago sees they have this bright future with with Justin Fields and so that's why I think it's appealing I think that division is going to be 
you know, whether it's next year or in two years, whatever, in the next few years, that, that division's going to be open yeah. for, for the taking. And with the exception of Jacksonville, which we know were that 94, 95, however they classify the season, um, all these teams we're talking about, when you think about football, you're thinking about these teams. Right. Like, the New York football giants are as storied as you yeah. get. I mm-hmm. want every one of these teams to get it right. I want the NFL to get it right. Yeah. You know, I want rivals in my division that are complex and are going to fight, you know. I hate to see it. I hate to see you lose over bad decisions, bad management. That's why I get fired up because the NFL obviously is important to me, thus us doing this podcast. And when I keep seeing owners just just sell the team, move on, you know, I mean, it it gets frustrating year after year. Yeah, I think aside from Allen Robinson and David Montgomery's contract coming up, they obviously need a new GM. Ryan Pace just got fired as well. So the first assignment is seeing what happens with what the GM does. Sure. If, if do they want, do they go in the direction of Dave Montgomery? Do they stick with Khalil Herbert? We don't know as of now. But there, there's a couple of things to fill a lot less than the Miami Dolphins or the Jags or the Giants. I think, as we all just said, it's it's an attractive spot. They're not they're not they haven't been a failure of a team no. for 20 years. They they've been a historic, great franchise. So I think this is a great spot for someone to land. Yeah, definitely a storied franchise, and that should be appealing to the next head coach GM combo. Number three. Yep. Up next, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to have an asterisk next to their name because they're obviously still alive. We don't know where their draft pick's going to be. And uh, obviously, we have Rich Basasha. First, he's the first interim coach to make the playoffs since 1961. And a highly decorated goatee, I might add. Mm. Highly decorated goatee. <laughs> like a bird. Yeah. He, he is he is a loved assistance coach and mm-hmm. special teams coach. He's been with the team for a while. I think... If they want to make it simple, they might stick with them, but I think there's also a possibility they don't because maybe he needs to continue to be an assistant coach. I don't know. But they do have, obviously, they have a solid team. They have a solid amount of young players. We've seen Max Crosby emerge. He's still signed on his rookie deal. Nate Hobbs, Trevon Merrig, and Divine Diablo, all coming from this draft. They've done very well uh, drafting later than early, I think. I think that's one of the reasons why you might see Mike Mayock leave. Mm -hmm. They're talking about it right now. So I think... And they also, I forgot to add, they also have one of the top kickers in the league now, Daniel Carlson. He's made a ton of kick or a ton of clutch kicks for Jim them, including kickers. the one that sent them straight to the playoffs. So uh, they they have a good roster. I think they're coached better than a lot of teams, despite having an interim coach be the head coach right now. So I think the asterisk comes with is Rich Basasha going to take over because mm-hmm. of the success he's had? I think he's really turned it around. Obviously, with the things that they've had, they they've had kind of a slump when he came in, but he's. They've, they've gone straight through that, and they've turned around. So I think they've done very well despite having the lack of weapons now because one departed, and we see that they're, they are they have Deshaun Watson – or not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have a lot of talent on offense, and they're getting it done with Derek Carr. And I think that if they can string it together and get more talent in the future, I think this team's still good enough despite if they stick with Basasha or not. So the question then, Tim, is you know how these things go. A lot of times your assistant coaches are beloved because there's no expectation. They come in, they already know them. And you have a GM who came with the coach essentially right after the coach in this case. How does how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, I think that's that's where the ownership needs to make a, a decision pretty swiftly right after their season ends, which could be as soon as this weekend. Um, <laughs> and so they they need to really make that decision and decide whether and I think announce it and not not kind of be murky about it, but just mm-hmm. say no, we're, we're going forward with Mike Mayock or we're we're making a change. Yeah, and. and and that needs to be um, established of where the owners feel about uh, the, the coach. But I also think just as a franchise as a whole, 
don't forget, new to Las Vegas, new stadium, new mm-hmm. fan base. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about there. Yeah. That stadium's amazing. And yeah. so, I, I again, I think that's ranked. I, I agree with where you have that ranked, Josh. Yeah, I think, I think Mike Mayock gets fired as well at the end of the year. I think that they need to get a GM that's aggressive because mm-hmm. we saw Mike Mayock and John Gruden just overdraft players, and none of them, most of them, did not work out. Yeah, and be like, "Hey, AB's at Webby. We should get AB." Let's bring it. And like, there's not a lot I of- would like to see some aggression yeah. because Derek Carr has been kind of standing there, getting four thousand yards every year with nobody. Yeah, they need to get some weapons. I would like them to maybe push for Devontae Adams, even if he's free before he gets tagged. Can't pay, say that on the Packers. Pay, in the room, pay him all the money in the world. They went to Fresno State together. That was this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'd get him some weapons. Yeah. Stop playing around with Derek Carr. He is a great quarterback. He just had never had help. Get a good coach that's offensive minded. You mean feed him or trade him? Like yeah. get him the talent. He's You're just he's him, just withering away. Where it's like Matt Stafford on no, the Lions. <laughs> it's it's not fair to Derek yeah. Carr. He's been loyal and he's a good quarterback. I think yeah. for the best for the organization is to get him some weapons. I agree. All right, let's move to number two. Yep, we're gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, to keep it straightforward, they do have the 12th overall pick this year, and they do have a solid amount of cap room. But when you look at their roster, I'm just going to say the names. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Brian O'Neill, Christian Derisaw, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. The list goes on, but Jefferson, you do yeah. get the point. Like 20 um, Pro Bowlers in that team. That's what right. I'm saying. The, <laughs> and that's why they're always projected to be at least a wild card team every year, and they've been letting us down, and that's because – Mike Zimmer. Mike, they've not been able to close out games, and when you look at the games they've had this year, they did go 8-9, and nine, but they did have seven games lost within one touchdown or one score. Worse than the Lions. This means they're basically in They're basically in every game yeah. when you consider the games they won as well. They did choke several games, including the yeah. one that gave the Lions their first win of the season, and I think you can blame it on Mike Zimmer. I think this talent, the talent on this team is too good. Basically, every name I said, you know who they are. They're pro bowlers. They're top yeah. of the league players and Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. It goes on. This team is too talented to be where they're at winning seven or eight games. And I think you can blame Mike Zimmer for the coaching and what's been going on for those losses. Yeah, I think just like the Raiders, they need to get a coach that will air it out. There's a lot of coaches coming up that are offensive-minded. You have Brian Dable, who's with the Bills. Eric Bieniemy, who's with the Chiefs. Kellen Moore, yeah. yeah. They all air it out, and they're all offensive-minded. I think that the Raiders or Minnesota will be perfect for those guys. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, you saw him with Jay Gruden as a head coach. He had 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns with the, with the Washington sure. football team. Yeah. He was very good. That's the reason why he got traded to Minnesota in the first place. They've been kind of 50-50 because they have Dalvin Cook, but I think if you get someone in there that could actually design plays and air it out more to Justin Jefferson, I mean, you have a potential – don't want to crown him too early, but potential Hall of Fame talent in Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Use him. They're not using him to the ability that they can. I know he's well, been going off. You have Jefferson and Thielen, both potential Hall of Famers if they keep it up at the pace, but one at the end and one at the early part of the career. I mean, that's a nice bookend. That's- I, I think they just need to use their weapons to the, the maximum that they can. Yeah. And no, Mike Zimmer has been falling short of that since he's been there. Not to mention they've had, when healthy, a running game that's significant. Absolutely significant. Absolutely. And the one thing that's encouraging if you are a Vikings fan is is you're not hearing about infighting. You're not hearing about a bad locker room where these guys are turning on each other or divas or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems like they have a, a good veteran group there that's coming alongside these young uh, players like Jefferson and Cook. And, and it, it seems like they, like like Josh said, they, they have this phenomenal mix right there of, of the right people. Um, it's just getting over the hump. It wouldn't surprise me if they brought in the right coach, if that's a, a 13 or 14 win team next year. Honestly, there, there's yeah. that much talent there. Yeah. The problem is they should be living up to at least the Colts level of play. Where yeah, they should they, be winning double They're games. very similar teams, I think. And I think if you get a great head coach in there, it's obviously 
head coaches are going to want to go there with the type of players there. Yeah. I think if they just made the move earlier and got Kevin Stefanski from yes. in-house, from, he's been oh, there 15 yeah. years, they could have just had him. But now being in the North, Tim, what how, does uh, Aaron Rodgers own these guys too? Does he own everybody <laughs> in the division? Or? Well, you know, I, I mean, Rodgers has had a good run, but I, I, they're, they're always competitive, and that's yeah. what makes it fun. It's like, as a Dallas fan, no matter what the year is, when, when Dallas plays Washington or Dallas plays the Eagles, I, I, those teams seem to bring out yeah, the best sure. of it, best in each other. So, you know, I know Rodgers was, you know, kind of maybe joking about the owning the, the Bears, but I, I think I think those those teams all tend to be very competitive when they play each other. Yeah, I just keep thinking two years ago when they started by running the football excessively with failure and Dinkin' Duncan for mm-hmm. six games, seven games, and then finally they opened up the playbook and they come alive, and Kirk Cousins, you know, everyone was on Kirk Cousins, yeah. terrible. Well, he's not that guy. He's more of a run and shoot, throw it down the field, spread it out. Yeah. And he had the weapons. Why are you not using those guys to do it? At the time, I think, is when Diggs was there with them. Even if they bring Pat Shermer back from the Broncos as their OC. 100%. Like, that was the best offense Kirk Cousins has yes, run with. Absolutely. This is a good enough team, I think, that you have people that under... Zimmer is a, is a very good coach, came under Parcells. He understands defense schemes. That's never been a question. But he, he absolutely limits his offense. He limits it with his own inability to let the, the people run that team proper. So, all right, last one, number one. Yep, and for number one, it's the Denver Broncos. They're 7-10, and 10, but they could have had a much higher record. Just the end of the season did not work out their way with Teddy Bridgewater going down. But they do have the ninth overall pick as well as the ninth highest cap space in 2022, so they have plenty of money. But that also goes with saying they've already signed Cortland Sutton, four-year contract, Tim Patrick, three-year contract, Jerry Judy and Albert O on their rookie deals, and their offensive line, for the most part, is already signed. They have a lot of depth there. They also have the luxury of having Mike Munchak. A very, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. One of the best lower, not offense, defensive head coaches in the league as well. So they have a lot of players on defense as well. They've been making room on defense as well, letting Von Miller go towards the end of his career. They have Justin Simmons signed for your deal, Pat Sertain. They have a lot of players, a lot of great players. And I'm going to say the phrase, a quarterback away. Because that's basically, (laughs) that's what they've been dealing with ever since Peyton Manning. And even before Peyton Manning, when they had Tim Tebow. They got Peyton Manning because of that reason. Mm-hmm. There's no Peyton Manning anymore. So this is the quarterback timeline they've had since then. They have Tim Tebow, Peyton Manning. But after that, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. They've been trying. They've but been they have not, a lot. <laughs> they have not been spending the capital to get a high-end quarterback, and they've not been spending the money to get one of the top quarterbacks available like a Watson or like a Wilson or anything like that. In fairness, it's hard to get it right. I mean, it looks easy when you have a draft like last year. you got four or five guys that are going to get but it right. the importance of this is they know what they need, and they're yes. finally in a position at pick nine to trade up or at a position to get one at nine and try it out once again. Bad news is this is not a quarterback year they'll draft. No, I'm kidding. They, who knows? They get Watson. Let me say this. Another team that knows who they are. You know, the Orange Crush and that defense, and when they had Wade Phillips and they've had coordinators and defensive savvy, they know their bread and butter is defense. So confidently, in fact, that they trade Von Miller so they can free up some money. And that's a great move, even though he's a Hall of Fame caliber player as well. I think this team knows who they are. And like you said, Josh, they know they're a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl roster. I believe that with all my heart, don't you? Yeah, my my only hesitation with having them at number one is not even necessarily about them in the in and of themselves, but it's the division, division they play in. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a tough division. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere for a while. You gotta love what the Chargers possibly have in Herbert. The Raiders, as we just talked about, are very appealing. And so it's a tough division. You're playing those guys at six games every year. You're playing those other those other three teams twice a year um that that's my only 
hesitation at putting them at number one. But yeah. but roster alone, like you said, Josh, I, I agree. I mean, that's the best roster out there of the seven available teams. The other thing they have going for them that I think is, is uh, and Belichick understands this, and I think this is the key to his success, and y'all can agree or disagree, home field advantage. And when they get to play, when you got to go to mile high, that was always a loss for right. you because mm-hmm. they did not lose in mile high. And that's a huge advantage. No offense, but even a team like Seattle, you know, that 12th man is a real thing. Yep. And it doesn't matter how good your team is, when you can win at home, um, something I wish Dallas would learn a little more, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, that's a big advantage. Great job, Josh. Uh, I agree. That's uh, There's a lot. And there's probably going to be, would you guys venture to say more somehow? There's probably going to be a few more coach openings that, that pop up. I don't know how. Yeah, I'm not but sure. There's players on the first, coaches on the fringe right now that I think will definitely go be gone next year. But it looks like Joe Judge is the last for now. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to move into just a little segment. We're going to have a little fun because there's always rumors. There's always things going on. Like we said, we don't know for sure if Watson was going to Miami or if the GM really won. We don't know. We think, and there's some credible people out there that are that are helping us with this. But, Caleb, let's talk about some rumors. Throw a couple rumors our way that we've been hearing amongst the league, uh, at least from insiders or whatnot. And let's, let's unpack them a little bit before we go into our final segment. Okay. I have five. I'm going to start with the first one that I got. Watson will be traded to the Dolphins, and Flores was the reason why he wasn't this season. I think it's going to happen, and I think, <laughs> and, and I, I don't know if I would have said uh, it would have happened before before Sunday, but I think uh, Flores being fired, it, it's kind of the telltale sign. It's been rumored for so long, mm-hmm. and, and it makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I think when they said that Flores was was released or fired in their statement they didn't say it was because of his coaching they also put out another statement saying it wasn't because of his coaching mm-hmm. they had a disagreement <laughs> so that sounds like a situation where Flores wants to stick with one guy the the owner and GM do not want to stick with one guy it, it looks like a Deshaun Watson thing is going to be in the making and they've also talked about the Texans have already talked about how mm-hmm. they they expect their deal to be done in March when trading does open up so they they, better it seems like with Brian Flores being cut immediately when the season's after they already know what their plan is yeah i think the big key to this is a team like the washington football team whatever they're going to be called next month uh they have to pull the trigger on Tua. like that was Mm -hmm. the whole i understand the problem before was it wasn't that the text they didn't want to and if that's the case then you need a team like washington or someone to to go all in on Tua. because let's be fair Tua is going to be able to be a functional quarterback somewhere the question is if he's going to be a franchise quarterback you know so yeah and Deshaun Watson, obviously, the the big asterisk for all this is the legal yeah. issue. So, which yeah. should have been taken yeah, care of. I think of by after a year and some change into it, yeah, I think it's going to be brushed under the rug because right. they would have had a verdict by now. Right. Yeah, but I, would uh, think so. I think that uh, not to get conspiratorial, I looked into it while we were sitting here earlier. That the current GM of the Dolphins, his dad used to work with the Texans. Mm-hmm. So when he was a kid growing up, his dad was working for the Texans. So he might be a little biased towards Texans mm-hmm. and Maybe Deshaun he can Watson. Get a better deal. Maybe he knows someone on the Maybe inside. Maybe he's already talking to Watson. Number two, collusion. I think well, this is a rumor, and I yeah. think it will happen. But the rumor is Flores is going to go to the Bears. He already has an interview scheduled, and it's a similar system to the Dolphins, but better with better players, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I love it. My concern is, do the Bears need an offensive-minded coach? Because Flores, Flores defense coordinator. Yeah. That, so who's going to run their offense? 
That that's always my question. Like with this coaching carousel, you know, if we lose ROC and he decides to go somewhere as a head coach, he's an offensive guy. He needs you know Vic Fangio to go with him to be a defensive coordinator because that's not his thing. So I like it. I mean, I think that's a great. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think it's interesting this time of year when you know I know it's fashionable to clean house and get rid of a GM and and coach, but the the downside with that is you'd ideally like to hire the GM first. The problem with that is you could potentially lose out on some of these coaches who are getting <laughs> snatched up quickly. So yeah. do you, as the Bears, hire the coach and then hire the GM? That That's a little bit of an interesting situation. Yeah, my biggest, I'm not concerned, but my biggest thing is what what's going to happen with the coordinator position? Like, if you're going to have a great defense coordinator that you know hasn't been successful as a head coach, like a Vic Fangio, who's already been with the Bears, and you want him to run the defense, you know what he's really good at? He's good at running the defense. So he's going to be the defense coordinator. He's going to control all that. What, what, what's your concern? Are you going to get an OC, as you're saying? Or should they get an offensive-minded type person to be the mm-hmm. head coach for the future? Because, obviously, you traded for Justin Fields. This is what you plan to do. So I, and my question is, if they don't get a Vic Vangio or something, are they going to go back and get a defensive head coach on top of that? So I'm, I can't say for sure right now, but I, I think that's con- my biggest concern. All right. Number three, assuming Tua is on the trading block, he's going to either Denver, New Orleans, Washington, or Pittsburgh. He, we saw he was on the training block last year before the deadline, and they mentioned that maybe the deal with Houston and then maybe a deal with Washington. Where do you guys think he'll end up if he's traded, assuming he is? I think Washington, like I said, the front runner. I don't see Pittsburgh. I, I, I think Tomlin knows he needs a superstar, a bona fide superstar. Willing, I don't even know if they're willing to draft one because it's been so long. He's, he's, he said he wanted a mobile quarterback a few times this he year. He did. Um, I, I still see Wilson or Watson in play there only because Pittsburgh is so close that they can probably spare a few draft picks. And I don't know. They don't typically do that type of thing. Uh, I think Tua is going to Washington. I think that's the best fit. Or they'll make a mistake and bring him to Denver. And, again, I think Denver needs a next-level quarterback, not Tua. But I mean, it, it depends what Tua would cost in a three-way trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do have a middle of the first, as they normally do. But, I mean, they can either decide if they want Tua and they like what they saw or they can go with a Matt Corral or something, as they're saying, an injured player that is going to be cheaper in the draft than they could use. If they, it's just, it just depends on preference for Washington. But I think Tua, I think, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's Tua tough. is an upgraded tough. version of um, Taylor Heineke. I was just going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I think the Did real question is, I, I was just going to say, how much of an upgrade? I guess that's the question. He, there's no doubt he's an upgraded version of Taylor Heineke, but I, Washington will have to figure out how much of an upgrade is he. I mean, does that put them in Super Bowl contention? Probably not, I, right? Yeah, I mean, I, right? But I think what you said before, Dave, is right. He's a serviceable quarterback. Is he a franchise quarterback? Not in my opinion. Yeah, yeah and personally, I think two is closer to Russell Wilson than Taylor Heineke, but Ooh. I think he's an upgrade from Taylor Heineke. He's an upgrade. If there's a spectrum between Russell Wilson and Taylor Heineke, he's right in the middle. My argument is if Russell Wilson, and they're saying they're not interested in getting rid of him, but if there's a Russell Wilson available and... He has a no-trade clause. Yeah, I understand. And, and Tua is the upgrade from Heineke... Well, Wilson is the upgrade from Tua. Why yeah. not just go for the upgrade? Why are you going? Well, he's not going to want to th- play there. What I was trying to say is, what what's the value of Tua going to be? Is it yep. worth trading your middle of the first for Tua, or can you get him cheaper? Or is he, are they going to ask for more? We don't know what the Texans or the Dolphins are going to ask for in a trade like this. So I, I, it, it just depends on worth for him, and I think we still don't know what the situation is for right now. Yeah, I agree. All right, next, Russell Wilson is signed until 2023 as of right now. 
He hints about being traded, hints about not wanting to play there, but he also hints about re-signing a 20-year contract as a joke. As a joke. Is that funny? I don't think it's funny. <laughs> but he said he would be willing to break his trade clause for Denver, the Giants, or the Saints. So which of those three do you think he would be going to, more than likely, or do you think he's staying with Seattle? I, I think it, with Denver being close, the Saints they, the Saints and Denver would be the best fit for me. Yeah, and again, it, it's so so much of it depends on who these teams bring in as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the Giants, I, I agree, Dave, but if the Giants go out and hire someone that Russell's worked with over years, uh, over the years, and sells them on, hey, you're here. Here's what our vision is for this team going forward, and he buys in. Maybe it is the Giants. Maybe he does want to play in a big market, but I, yeah. I don't know. See, don't my know. argument for Russell is he's a veteran. He comes in, and learns one more system. That's Sean Payton's. He plays for a proven, you know, coach, a Hall of Fame coach with a top defense, with a running game, with a top defense, with some right. weapons. Big Mike, it's plug and, you know, and play with more weapons. Essentially. Yeah, right. I, to me, I don't go to Denver and take a chance on who the coach and GM might be, or the coach in this case. Mm-hmm. I don't go to New York at all. It's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to Washington. It's Ron Rivera, who is right. that middle of the road. Mm-hmm. He's your upgrade from Jason Garrett, but he's not your Mike Tomlin. So why are you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that the Saints is the best spot for Russell Wilson. They've been wanting a mobile quarterback, or Tua even. They've been obviously starting Taysom Hill. <laughs> Having Taysom Hill on your roster, you want a mobile quarterback and that ability to run or pass. I know Taysom Hill is not amazing, but he's uh-huh. he makes some big plays because you don't expect it. Good football player all around, not a great quarterback. They need someone that's a good football player and a good quarterback to start. So I think Russell Wilson or Tua would be perfect for New Orleans. So if Russell Wilson gets traded... If I'm him, I would want to go to New Orleans, like Tim was saying. It's kind of plug and play. They already have weapons and a defense and all that. Yeah, I think it, it, Russell Wilson, if he's leaving the Seahawks, is because of it's, it's the team's not stable. Pete Carroll's been inconsistent over the years now, and the roster has not improved. So if he's going to be leaving, he's going to be going to somewhere that has everything that the Seahawks are lacking, yeah. and that is the Saints, that is the Broncos, more more than the Giants, and then like someone like the Steelers or something. Those are those are big spots for him. I think he's looking for consistency, and exactly what he had when he got on the Seahawks is a great defense. Yeah. Some people something to help him out because they basically haven't helped him out for the last five years now. And that body takes it, you know, definitely takes its toll. Yeah, I agree. It's tough because he's been saying he wants out. We all kind of hope that he goes somewhere and be successful, but I don't know. All right, one more rumor. What do you yep, got? The last one with a few leaks the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to rhyme that. But is it going to be the Washington Red Tails, the Commanders, or the Generals? Let what me, do you all think? Tim, let me preface this by saying I showed you know Patty B and some of the other guys in the office there, uh, worship team, this leak that I saw where they made the video, they put it on Twitter, and Josh pointed something out to me later, and there's a piece of paper sitting there, and it's on his lap, and you can clearly see the Commanders mm-hmm. with the stars that they showed on the jersey. You know, so... Right. I put it out just on Facebook, just casually on my own page, saying, hey, you know, what, what would you Redskins fans, you know, mm-hmm. Washington Football Now fans, say to this? And most of them are like, boo, I hate right. it, I hate it. And then Josh pointed out, well, Dad, there was a seven-minute, like, video, and it looks more like there was lots of papers, and they were probably sitting like we are now going, what do you think of this one? And then there's the list. The problem was it was blurred out in their video, mm, but then when they sent it to NBC Washington, it wasn't blurred out. But it looks like a stack of options. So I did it more to get Facebook to go, because eh, mm-hmm. we live in, in right. we obviously live in a Washington market here in Southeast Virginia. So I wanted to see. That's where it is for me. I think, and I've said all along, you're in the middle of taking a name away that was divisive because it's a racial slur, mm-hmm. arguably, right? So you get rid of it, and 
we live in an area or dc's in an area where and it honors history it honors war of this country yeah. and heroes what better fit than red tails because it would honor the tuskegee airmen who are absolute historical heroes in our country should right. be honored every opportunity we get you know right. And what better way than to be memorialized by being the franchise, you know, in Washington? So I think that's always been a home run. I hope they go Red Tails. I just do. I think Commanders is dumb. I think Admirals is overplayed. So I don't know where they're going. I have little faith in this ownership team as well. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, for me, I think the the video they put out, the seven-minute-long video, they basically brought in a bunch of old players. Not a bunch, but a handful of mm-hmm. old players Joe Gibbs, older. There's a lot of black and white video being played, mm-hmm. and it, it seemed like more like they were telling a story, something historical. So I think, and they said it was something that they everyone could get behind. So I think it's something that's already happened. Something like the Red Tails makes sense to me. I think they've already ruled out the Red Wolves and other things like that. So I think it's something older, something to do that's already happened. I don't think it's Commanders or anything like that. It's it's not non controversial. I think they're going to go with something like Red Tails. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Red Tails. I I also I I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, I, I just they need to move on from the Washington football team. I think <laughs> just, we could all agree with that. That right? is an option for the record. Oh, I, I do know. Yeah. I, I'm aware of that. Why? But, but, but just why? Yeah. <laughs> then I said the dumbest thing I've probably ever said. I'm like, because you could see the helmet being shown to Rod Rivera, and he's like, uh, oh yeah, I really like. It. And then the reflection on the glass is a big W on it. I like the numbers. I like the helmets the way they are without the right. stripes. Mm-hmm. The new helmet will have a W apparently, and at one white and one gold, really weird stripe. But I'm thinking, and I said this, and I felt like an idiot. I said, well, who has just a the the plays like Washington? Why would who has that? And then Josh is like. New York, Bay, <laughs> Chicago. I was like, oh, good point. Uh, what yeah, an yeah, idiot that's true. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. San Francisco, Rams. <laughs> okay, I, I get it. Who has the city? Kansas Everybody city, the has the city. <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna be really disappointed since it's still on their list. If they go through all this, this videos and all these leaks and all this stuff to just be named the Washington Football Team yeah, afterwards. I think, yeah, no, they the can't biggest let well, They announce the reveal, so I don't think they'll just reveal the right, same right, name. Reveal the same. <laughs> Staying the same. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. But it would not surprise me. No, it would not. The other thing is I wish they'd sell the team yep. and let the new owner decide it, but that yeah. didn't happen. So, Caleb, thanks again. Well, guys, we're going to wrap up by looking at this incredible wild card weekend we have in front of us. Now, we know Green Bay and Tennessee respectively have the buys in the AFC and NFC. Under the new system, we're getting a whole nother game, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So let's go right into it. And, guys, I'm going to get each of you to give me your pick on each of these games. But the Raiders are visiting the Bengals. Um, I have no faith in the Bengals as a franchise, so I'm going with the Raiders to win that game, even though they're going to uh, Ohio to play the game. What do you guys think? I'll go Bengals. I'll go against you on that. Uh, I know the Raiders have all the momentum, but they're coming off a short week. They played Sunday night. They're traveling east. Um, Cincinnati's going to be fired up, hopefully, the, the stadium. And um, I, There's something about Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. And there's something about that team. I think not only can they win this week, I think they have the potential to make a deep run. Yeah, I'm also going to pick the Bengals. I think at home, same points that Tim made. They essentially had a bye week last week with Joe Burrow not playing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be hungry because they did win their division. And, yeah, the Raiders are not really good against deep passes like they've been doing. Jamar Chase, that's his specialty. That's really all he's good at, but he's great at it. <laughs> he's scoring a lot of touchdowns with Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow is hot right now, as we saw, 900 yards in two games. Very good right now. He's on a hot streak. I think he continues in this game. 
Yeah, for me, I'm going to pick the Raiders. I think, as Tim was saying, they have the momentum. But I also think the Bengals coming off the bye week, and I, I, I'm getting like New York Giants boat vibes from the uh, from the the uh, after party that the Bengals had with all the <laughs> giant cigar or cigars, cigars and everything. So <laughs> I, I forgot about that. I have a weird <laughs> feeling about the Raiders in this one. They have the momentum. They just beat, I think, a better offense, a better team than the Bengals. So I think they can certainly do it again. It's going to be hard, an, an opposing. Uh, away stadium obviously mm-hmm. but i think the raiders take this one so what, what happens if the raiders go through and go to the super bowl or something crazy do they hire in rich Pasasha right there you kind of got to keep your coach and oh, believe yeah. it or not al Davis. i don't even know his name al davis's boy the the new owner he's yeah. just crazy enough Chucky, to do that haircut yeah bowl cut whatever yeah. his name is mark. Right, so that is the saturday <laughs> oh, mark, mark that's what it is <laughs> yeah that is the saturday 4 30 game uh check your local listens of course now the saturday late game is going to be one we've seen over Ooh. and over bill belichick Drives into Buffalo. What do you guys got? Well, it's not a long drive, but that's <laughs> across. I am, the state. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Bill Belichick. We've seen the play against the Bills already. Uh, for some for some reason, they started off really hot against running backs, and they've cooled off. We know that that when the the Patriots running game gets going, they score multiple touchdowns in games. It's exactly what they did against the Bills last time. They're not very good at stopping long runs, as we saw. It's usually Micah Hyde, for the most part, stopping that run if he doesn't touchdown. But that's what the Patriots are great at, and I think they continue it against the Bills again. They played them last time, held them to a low score. Same environment during the winter. So I think I think the Patriots take this one. This is a game I'm the most excited to to watch. I think it's going to be a, 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 a close game. Um, you know, when you've played each other three times, this, is, this being the third time, they, they know each other well. They play each other twice a year. I'm actually going to pick the Patriots as well um, for the Belichick factor. And, and that's really the only factor why I like the Bills team. I'm, I'm rooting for the Bills to pull it off. But, um, you know, it, it's just so hard to pick against Belichick. Are you lone wolf and Caleb? Are you going with the tide? What are you doing? I'll go with the Bills. Are you, are you just going to do that? To no, I think wolf? Bills Mafia is annoying. Sorry, Sean and other picture, or <laughs> well, Bills fans. If there's any know. consolation, Sean has – I just talked to him. Sean says they lose in the first round. Mm. Okay. Well, I think they win this there, game Sean, at home with the Mafia there. I think Josh Allen is very streaky and inconsistent, although he's very good when he is hot. And it's a divisional game. I think it'll be very close, but I think the Bills squeak it out at the end. Josh Allen, for me, has suddenly become Carson. Let me explain this. Overhyped coming into the league we all agree he was overhyped i thought carson wentz was overhyped from you know wasn't from a big school wasn't like a top pick but oh carson wentz and then carson ultimately got injured right every time i watch alan run i feel like someone's gonna murder him because he just <laughs> runs with so yeah. much confidence and i've seen cam newton get literally murdered because the same he's such frame a, yes both such big a, guys you can't do that no. you know and he's gonna do exactly what carson wentz does and get a little too cocky boom out for the year yeah. And who knows how he's going to recover? Yeah, my from concern that. has been their red zone offense recently. I feel like they get to the red zone and then they're in the red zone for f- ten minutes doing nothing, and mm-hmm. then they just there's flags that happen and they score. And I think that the last two games have been that, and I think that's not it's not going to be the same against this disciplined Patriots team who also happen to have a very good defense and a very good red zone defense. Mm-hmm. So I think it, depending on the weather conditions, and it might be reserved to more kicks than not. It could, it could be it could bode better for the Patriots, I think, for the team overall. Yeah, as much as I don't like the Bills and their their team, I don't like Josh Allen that much. But um, I think this is the hardest game for them because their problem is not scoring. Their problem is stopping people from scoring. So I think if they beat the Patriots here, which I think they do, they won't have a problem with the Raiders or Bengals or the Steelers or Chiefs. I think that 
they, they can outplay any of them offensively. It's their defense that's been the problem right now, especially stopping the run. If they can stop the run in this game and squeak by, I think they have a chance because the Chiefs don't have a good run game. Joe Mixon's streaky. Josh Jacobs, eh, not very excited. And the Steelers, I honestly don't think they beat the Chiefs at all. I don't think they have a prayer. So I think if the Bills win this game, they have a good shot at going to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's just a hot take for me. Okay. Well, let's get there. Sunday, 1 o'clock and 4.30 and evening game. So three games mm-hmm. on Sunday. The first one. Philadelphia Eagles visit the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at one o'clock. Who you got? Uh, easy, I'm not going to talk about. We don't it. have to talk about Tom Brady. <laughs> Are we all going TV or do we? Does anyone think the Eagles have a chance? Uh, the Eagles have a chance. They have a chance. Is yeah. anyone picking the Eagles? Let's put it another way. I, no, but I, but I do. <laughs> I actually see the Eagles kind of having a game similar to what Washington did last yeah. year against Tampa. I, I think it's going to be closer than people think, just because of the scrambling quarterback and just some of the. Um, the different looks Nick Sirianni can come up with, but no, no, no one's beating Tom Brady in, yeah. in round one. Yeah, th- Tim said exactly what I was going to say. I think it would be similar to last year's game against Washington, and I think it's going to be it's going to be tougher than the regular season for the Buccaneers. They haven't had very hard matchups these last three games: two yeah. against the Panthers, yeah. one against the Jets. We know they are getting Shaq Barrett back, but they did lose Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, other weapons. <laughs> they they they're down a ton of weapons on offense. We don't know what this team looks like without them against a good a good team, a good contender. So I think this will be it'll be a wake up check for what the Buccaneers are going forward, but I do think they take the win. They lost the, Antonio Brown? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what happened? Well, I haven't heard I, about um, that. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head with that. The, the Bucks should win. It could be a tough one for them I, because Philly's going to come in scrappy. I think it's going to be very close. Yeah, I think, I think it could be. Uh, with yeah. the, all the offensive weapons out, I think they're going to just shut down Gronk and stop the run. I think that's yeah. the game plan. And the Eagles have the plan, one of the but, best teams to stop the run. I think if you shut down that run, which we saw last year with the Bucks really leaned on Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny, he had one of the best stretches that yep. he's ever had in his career in the playoffs last year. So I think if they could stop the run in this game, it was going to be very close. Yeah. Bell, baby. I kind of like the Eagles in here, but I don't want to be annoying. <laughs> and, and, and similarly to last year, the, run, the, the, the rushing defense is what was the best part of, I believe, the teams that they played against, Washington and the Eagles these two years, the rushing defense during that. And not not to add that the Buccaneers' defense has been middle of the road than mm-hmm. closer to first like yeah, last year. So true. something else to watch out for. I think the game that's going to be the most undecided, and this is the closest game, Dallas are three-point favorites. The Bucs are only four-and-a-half-point favorites for the record. Right? Yeah, it's going to be very close. No, I, I'm, I digress. The Bucs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The oh, never mind. Well, I think oh, so. <laughs> um, Dallas is three-point favorites, at, probably because they're home, to be yeah. honest, uh, with San Fran at 4.30 on Sunday. Obviously, I don't want to be a homer. I just think Dallas has momentum. I've never believed that Shanahan and this team was a strong playoff team, even though they proved me wrong and went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, I think Dallas, I think this is a good matchup for Dallas. Dallas should squeak by. It'll be tight. It, it should be close. And, hey, throw it back to the 90s. I was just going to say, it feels the, like 80s. 1995 again, again. Oh, gosh, don't Sam remind Fran me 1984 the, okay, again. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but that rivalry could be you know reignited here. But I think Dallas wins. What do you got, Tim? Yeah, I love Dallas in this one. I, I, I'm much higher on Mike McCarthy than most people are. Most, most Dallas fans are. I, I like McCarthy. I know people question his decision-making. But I think he'll have the team ready. Um, Dallas has a solid, solid team. They just, I mean... I know it doesn't always just come down to the roster, but Dallas just has a better roster than San Francisco does, and um, I think they'll be able to pull it off. I'm going to go San Fran. I think Dallas is great. I think that their defense is very good. I think the biggest problem with them is stopping the big plays from happening, and that is basically what the 49ers' offense is, is big plays with George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel has led their team in yards and touchdowns this year. 
He's the best player they have, and I, I just don't see a situation where Dallas can shut him down solely, as along with the running game and along with George Kittle. So it's gonna. I think 49ers, Dallas is definitely going to have their hands full in this one. Yeah, I think the 49ers consistently show up. When they hit their stretches, they have they go through long streaks of where they're just good every single game. They usually aren't off. But I think that's the problem for the Cowboys this year is they they have been inconsistent on offense. It depends what team you're getting because if you're getting the one where they go out there and throw one touchdown like they did for a month straight, they're not going to win this game. But if they go out there and they're like the Washington team or the Eagles game or anything like that, they go out there and drop four or five touchdowns, they can respond to the defense. Then that's if that's the type of Cowboys team you get, then that's the one that's going to win. I think. Okay, so the challenge is which team is going to show I, up. I so think, who do you got? <laughs> I think they'll both show up. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it'll be a good game, but I think the Cowboys will win. Cowboys will win. All right, let's not spend a lot of time on Pittsburgh, KC. KC's at home. They're the perennial favorite. Pittsburgh squeaked in. Anyone think Pittsburgh is going to win this game? No. Crickets. Would be dramatic. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt, no. Well, great. So everyone's going. I'm going to put everybody. There's no lone wolves here, nope, right? Nope. We're all going the other. I've way. already lone wolf twice. Say, so I will say, however, <laughs> the Chiefs have been inconsistent as well. Talking about other teams, agreed. They almost lost to Drew Locke. They almost lost to the Giants. They almost lost to a lot of bad teams, and they already lost to another team in this playoffs, the Raiders. But they did blow out the Steelers just two weeks ago. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't see how the Chiefs don't win. If they lose, it's because of them. They beat themselves, but like and that's early. what's been so fun about this season. Just yeah. when you think there, there were a few Sunday night matchups, what was a few weeks ago where Tampa Bay was playing New Orleans? I said, I'm not even gonna watch this. This is gonna be a joke, <laughs> and, and they shut them out. Like yeah. I, it, there's not one team that is a, a perfect team. That I guess there's never a perfect team. But yeah. Every team is flawed, and and I know it sounds so cliche, but any any team could win any week, and so. But having said that, Kansas City's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I think so far, like every game should be close, except for Pittsburgh, Casey. But mm-hmm. I think Big Ben is going to, you know, eat his Wheaties or mm-hmm. eat his spinach, whatever mm-hmm. he needs to do. <laughs> Definitely he's, not eating spinach. <laughs> he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, he's going to want to go out on top. And I know he's tried the last couple games and they've been duds. But you know, just like Peyton Manning throwing those ducks at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he's got something, some yeah. magic left. Yeah. Getting past the Chiefs would certainly be a monumental way to end your career, for sure. The The Monday night game, 8-15 Monday night, a rematch of last week, Cardinals-Rams. Or no, that was other not, way. Yeah. yeah, other way around. Um, but either way, this is, a, this is a tough one because I think this is a coin toss, in my opinion. The Rams are at home. That should be an advantage. But the Cardinals, I mean, I, like you said, which team shows up? I, th- I think the Rams are – the favorites for sure. I think it's it's gonna be close, but I think the Cardinals are a totally different team without Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just haven't been the same offense. They haven't been super consistent. They've been beatable. They lost to the Colts just a couple weeks ago. They've lost. They lost against Seahawks last week. Even they've been very beatable. Unlike the beginning of the year, they are getting JJ Watt back. However, so that does change the pass rush. You might see another interception thrown from Matthew Stafford. He's been consistently doing that. But I think the Cardinals the Cardinals are a very different offense without DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. and I think that's a factor here. And I think even if they make it past round one, they won't make it past round two. So you're going Rams. I'm going Rams. I'm going to go Rams. I think that they're at home, and I think another hot take. I think they're going to be the Super Bowl team. Home field advantage two years in a row. Wow. Because the Bucks were last year at their home field. Yeah. I think the Rams will do it this year. I think they're a great team. They have some downs, like throwing picks in their own end zone, essentially. <laughs> Pick sixes to the defense in their own territory, which happened the last two weeks with Matt Stafford. They played down in the first half to a lot of teams. I think they're a better second-half team in the league. One of the best second-half teams in the league. They're very good, well-rounded team, well-coached. I think that 
it's going to be close to this divisional game, but overall, I think the Rams are a better team. Yeah, and I think the encouraging thing, at least if you're a Rams fan, is that despite Matthew Stafford having pick sixes and interceptions mm-hmm. multiple the last couple of games, they've won all of those games. Yeah. So yeah. it, they've been able to win despite the fact, and if he plays perfect in this game, as in no turnovers, then it's, it adds even more to the score. Well, two things that kill a quarterback uh, is first time in a new system and on a different team, and he's doing both, obviously. That, that's tough, and he's looked like an absolute pro doing it. All right, what do you got here, Tim? So I'm going to go against you guys in this one. I'm going to go with with Arizona. I, 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 I'm I feeling, you know, for what it's worth, and I hate when people throw out these ridiculous statistics, but J.J. Watt, when he has played this year, the Cardinals are undefeated. <laughs> yeah. For what that's worth. He's not coming but, back for playoffs, right? No, he'll, he, he'll be he back is. this week. He, he'll be he'll be playing. Okay. Um, and, and so I, there's something about Kyler Murray, just uh, the scrambling quarterback. I, I love watching him play. I agree with you guys. The Rams are the more talented team, but you know, I, this is one of those. You know, we were saying before about Pittsburgh and Kansas City. You know, any team could win, but this, to me, it's much closer in the talent level with with Arizona and the Rams. They're familiar with each other. Two smart head coaches. I think the Rams. Uh, I think the uh, the Cardinals pull it out, though. They pull off the upset. So here's a curveball for you guys. Before we get off this weekend, because we're wrapping up the show for this week, I'm gonna literally surprise you guys. Don't know I'm asking you this. Look at this wild card round. Tell me the one team that loses in this round that is the most devastating for their franchise, period. And I'll go first. I don't mind. I think, personally, out of all these teams, the team that if they lose right now, like if the Bengals lose, no big deal. They're growing. You know, the Bills, they're growing. All these teams are progressing. Even Belichick, new quarterback. I think it's the hardest blow for probably the Cowboys because that franchise needs momentum in long stretches and that means get to the playoffs win a game you know go deeper in the playoffs that's what they need um I, I think that's the most detrimental but what do you guys think what's a team that if they lose it's a devastating blow to the franchise i would say the rams they've been consistently trading their first round picks for players for mm-hmm. veterans and it hasn't worked out they got to this point every year with sean McVay, but this is the, the stop sign they got destroyed in the super bowl when they played against belichick mm-hmm. they didn't score a touchdown they're not a good playoff team with Sean McVay, as we've seen. So they need this. They need this. They need to go through this playoffs and win it out. I would have said Dallas, but I'll I'll, I'll go. My, my second option would be Kansas City, only because, you know, they, they made it to the Super Bowl last year, and, you know, they, they came up short, which is fine. But as we talked about earlier in one of the earlier segments, that division's getting tougher and tougher, and, and there's some good, you know, good teams coming up. And, you know... I, I think it would just be shocking and devastating for Kansas City if they get knocked out by um, Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they were they were basically a quarter away from being in the Super Bowl last year. It'd be devastating to see them go from a step in the right direction to a step out in the first playoff or first round of the playoffs. They were definitely closer last year, so we'll see what happens. But I think if they lose, I think. You you look at who they're playing. They're playing the New England Patriots. They've been getting beaten down by them for 20 years. <laughs> and you go straight in. They have one year off. Next year, rookie quarterback up. Oh, we're back to beating you down. So I think if they lose to the Patriots again like this, and in the first round of the playoffs, I think it's going to be hard to to enter enter the next year like we're going to beat the Patriots twice or anything like that. Yeah, I'm, I, I jokingly say I only know two Bills fans. It's probably true. One of them I just talked to before recording, and they're not confident. They think they're one and done in the playoffs. I'm anxious to talk to Steve and see what he thinks because I know he wears his heart with this team. and I, I, I'm curious. I'll text him tomorrow. You're telling me Bills fans already aren't thinking they're winning? 
Uh, one out of two in my book. I don't, you know, just like he's the only Packer fan. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I agree though because you know I've always said the NFL is a is a you take steps. The way to sustain it is to take steps. You yeah. get better, you get better, yeah. you get better, you win. And I agree, the Bills could be a tough one. So Tim, we love having you on the show, bro. Oh, thanks. I love talking football with you guys. I love. You know, it's always great talking in the off season, but this this is the peak, man. This is great. Yeah. This is what we've been waiting for since like April and May when we did some of those podcasts. I'm gonna have to, to figure out with Diane how we can steal you for the next few uh, weeks to get great, us through man. the playoffs. That'd be great. And then, then we can take a break. But we're gonna we our plan, guys. Uh, and again, we appreciate all of our listeners for for tuning in. We, we plan on going through the off season with football season dying out. One of the bright spots, I think, is when you find people that still talk about football. That's gonna be us. So stay tuned throughout the year. We started this podcast. We're on episode four. Uh, we started it almost a year ago in the off season and uh, you guys have been good to us and we appreciate you listen if you enjoy listening to the podcast take a moment write us a review leave us a five-star rating it sounds simple but it really does help also remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to tell your friends about us we also post a weekly video on youtube so you can subscribe and follow us there as well finally if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks follow us on instagram and as always thanks for listening to guys without helmets we'll see you next time 